okay, and split open just like that seed, so that everything in you in you uh, benefits. And you know, the gift of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is that He has summarized the entire Quran for us in Surah Al-Fatiha. And this is the surah that if we read in salah, our salahs get accepted, right? Without Fatiha, does our salah get accepted? No, right? It's mandatory. And so in other words, this, this, all the secrets lie in Fatiha. If we understood Fatiha, we would, inshallah, be able to reap all the benefits of this fatah, this success, this feeding of our ruh and the mind and the heart and the body and everything inside of us. If only we understood Fatiha. And of course, we don't have enough time to go over all the meanings of the Fatiha. I've done a talk already. It's about two hours. I did it last Ramadan. It's on YouTube. You can go to that to get more in-depth tafsir if you want to have a nice sleep, yani. Two hours of tafsir of Surah Al-Fatiha. But the idea is, this is not the time for that, right? But I'm just making you realize the importance of Fatiha and Salah and how Allah has made it a gift for us that by reading Fatiha, we are fulfilling all the needs of our existence, all the needs of everything that's in our body, all the elements of the human being. Now, let's look at the opposite of divine programming. It's what's known as the ego programming or negative programming. Okay? And in negative programming, what happens? Shaitan wants to mold you into thinking that you are your body. All you need to do is take care of your body. Forget the ruh, forget the body and the heart and the nafs and all this crap. Focus on the body. Focus on having a shower every day, wearing the nicest clothes, you know, putting uh, the perfume on and shopping and makeup. And I'm not saying all of this is wrong. I'm saying this is what sells today. If you go to city center, what's everybody selling? Stuff for the, stuff for the body, right? That's what sells today. People go to the gym, people go to the salon. Why? We're obsessed with this external idea of body, 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 right? And what we do is we neglect the real molding that needs to happen. At the same time, ego tells us, you are your possessions. You are not all of this stuff here. You're just your possessions. You are what you own, your car, your your house, the things you have, your phone, your gadgets, your bag, your abayas, whatever it is, you are defined by your things. And the ego says you are defined by your relationships, by how many friends you have on Facebook, by you know, all the relationships in your network. The ego also defines you by your job, by your business. This is who you are. And the ego also defines you by your achievements. You know, I graduated from so-and-so college. I am an engineer. I am a, the best football player in my team. I am the smart, smartest kid in my school. Right? Achievements, achievements. And such people, you know, they define themselves by achievements. You go into their offices and all you see is certificates and trophies and medals. They're obsessed with their achievements. And also social status. That's what ego says. You are your social status. You are your family, your ancestors. You are from this family and that family and from this, you know, this tribe or this culture. And so this is the false definition that ego makes us define ourselves by. By the way, what happens to all of these when you die? Everything goes away, right? Your body deteriorates to nothing. Your possessions don't go with you in the grave. Your relationships detach from you completely. Your job, your business means nothing. 
your achievements mean nothing. Your social status means nothing. Yes, your Facebook account will still be active, though. I, I'm, I wonder what they do with those accounts, <laughs> how long they stay active. But besides that, everything goes. What remains is, is really the human being and the ruh. By the way, does the ruh die when you die? The ruh does not die. And therefore, death for us is just a transition into the next life. And so that's what really needs to be taken care of. That is the essence. And you know, for the, the people who are away from deen, the people who are disbelievers, who are oblivious to this fact, when do they realize the truth? The real truth that they are actually the ruh and they have neglected the ruh their entire life. When do they realize this? At the moment of death. That is when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَكَشَفْنَا عَنْكَ غِطَاءَكَ فَبَصَرُكَ الْيَوْمَ حَدِيدٌ At the moment of death, Allah unveils the curtains and, and makes your eyesight completely clear now. Now you see the reality. You see that you are actually this ruh. You are nothing but this ruh. So let's move on, inshallah. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Mu'minun also, أَفْلَحَ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ the believers have succeeded. Those who in our salat, they have khushu'. So in other words, Allah is telling us, you want to succeed, have khushu' in salah. You want to be happy, have khushu' in salah. So what is khushu'? If it's such an important thing, what is khushu'? This is my own definition of khushu'. Okay? Um, number one, khushu' involves humility. When you pray with khushu', you gotta have humility in your salah. You gotta realize who you're standing in front of, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And therefore, you have to be humble. Okay? At the same time, love. When you have khushu', you have love. When you're praying with khushu', you're praying out of love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You look forward to this meeting. You're amazed at how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you access to Him directly. He has given you access to talk to him directly. Never does Allah say, I'm, I'm busy, sorry, come back after 15 minutes. Never does Allah say, sorry, please call again. لا يمكن الاتصال. Right? It never happens. The number you're calling cannot be accessed at the moment. It doesn't happen, right? There's open access all the time. At the same time, there's fear in khushu'ah. Now this fear is not the paranormal activity fear, not the horror movies fear. This is the fear of letting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala down. It's the same fear you have towards your parents, the same fear that you don't want to let your parents down. Your parents have expect expectations from you and you, do, you fear letting them down. And so that fear translates into action because you don't want to let Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala down. So it's actually positive. It's not a negative thing. Negative fear, fear that actually makes you freak out, that's actually bad for you psychologically. And Allah would never want anything bad for you during salah, right? And lastly, khushu' is supposed to give you positive energy. When you pray with khushu', it gives you positive energy. Positive energy to do what? To finish your salah and then do something with that energy you have. To make a difference in society, to go and help somebody, to go make a difference, to do something meaningful with your life. You know, um, Umar, it's interesting, you know, 
during his Khilafah, there were certain years where there was, uh, they were going through tough times, okay? And he wa once prayed in the masjid. After the masjid, he saw some people reading adhkar, reading Quran, you know? He got his stick out and he started beating them. Get up, get up and go and work. You've prayed, you've gotten your fuel, now it's time to work. You've, you have your energy, time to work. It's not time to sit in the masjid and do dhikr now. We're going through tough times, we need your energy. This energy that you just fueled yourself up with during salah, now it's time to use it. Don't just sit there in the masjid. So, he's so Umar is teaching us, he understood properly what salah is supposed to do. And Umar also, he used to say, إِنِّي أُجَهِزُ الْجُيُوشَ فِي الصَّلَاةِ Umar would prepare his armies during salah. Wow. So he connected his salah to his vision. He used salah to fuel him up, to, to get motivated to achieve his vision and to start doing something amazing for this, this, this world. Isn't that amazing? So all these four elements, let's review them quickly. Say it after me. What's the first one? Humility. Number two, love. Number three, fear. And number four, positive energy. And all of this together is supposed to make you feel what? Happy, right? So please... And you know, this, unfortunately, we see this all the time. People finish salah and everyone's like grumpy, looking at each other like this, angry. The imam turns around, he's angry, saying subhanAllah, subhanAllah, subhanAllah. And you wonder, what happened in salah? Why is he so angry? Why is he upset? Why is he so sad? Why don't people smile after they pray? The Prophet ﷺ, for him, salah was a means to relax a means to, to have coolness of the eyes. It's supposed to make you happy. So this is how khushu' is really supposed to be understood. We're supposed to actually feel much better. We're supposed to, it's supposed to be a refreshing feeling, a refreshing experience. So Allah says, قَدْ أَفْلَحَ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ الَّذِينَ هُمْ فِي صَلَاتِهِمْ خَاشِعُونَ You want to be successful, have khushu' in salah. And the opposite is also true. If you don't have khushu' and salah, are you going to be successful? No. You're not going to be successful. You're not going to be happy. Yes, you might have possessions. You might have things in your life, but you're not going to be happy. And then Allah tells us amazing things that happen. He says, once you have khushu', it leads to something. When you have khushu', this amazing feeling of happiness and inner peace, then you're going to want to protect this inner peace and happiness. You stay away from anything that's going to harm, that's going to threaten this inner peace and happiness that you have. So you stay away from anything that would harm this. And it's very similar to like, you know, your phones. We all love our phones very much, right? And especially if you buy a new phone, what's the next thing you buy after the phone? The screen protector, right? It's a great business to be in. Screen protectors sell very much. Why? Because we love our phones so much that we, we don't want them to be harmed. Similarly, Allah is saying that al-mu'minun, when they pray, they get this amazing feeling, this khushu' and salah, this inner peace, and this inner peace is priceless for them. And therefore, after they finish their salah, what do they do? They protect themselves from anything that would threaten this. It's like, you know, this protection is like a shield you have. You know, 
People are going to try to mess up with you. People are going to try to get you into negative energy again. People are going to try to get you upset. But this shield, which is known as taqwa actually. Taqwa means to protect yourself. This is what taqwa actually is. Protecting yourself from going into that negative energy. And then he says, at the same time, after they stay away from anything that threatens them, after they do the protection, they purify themselves constantly. Constant purification. And to understand purification, what do you have to do before purification? Like, for example, you just you know, had a long day at work. Do you come back home and just put some perfume on? Yes? No, what do you do? First, you have a shower. You remove all the dirt, right? all the sweat, and then you purify. It doesn't make sense to purify without protecting. You got to make sure, like, you know, a, f- a few weeks ago in our kitchen, we used to have um, ants, right? A lot of ants were coming in. And um, we realized that the ants were coming in because the window was left open at night, a little bit, okay? So now, does it make sense for us to keep polishing the kitchen to get rid of the ants without protecting the kitchen from the ants? So what's the first thing you need to do? Shut the window, prevent the ants from coming in, and then you polish. So you see the order? First protect and then purify. And then Allah says, He gives us three examples to to show us how protection and purification go together. These are all the fruits of salah and khushu' in salah. وَالَّذِينَ هُمْ لِفُرُوجِهِمْ حَافِظُونَ Those who protect their shame, those who protect their private parts. And Allah here describes it in detail. He, there's three ayat that talk about this topic, this topic of shamelessness. So it's as if Allah is telling us that this is, be careful of this thing here. Guard your shame, guard your chastity, your modesty. Because if you don't, if you don't protect your private parts, this is going to destroy your iman. So that, who is that protecting and purifying this element now? It's yourself, Right? Look at the next one. Those who guard their amanat, their trusts, and their promises. They fulfill their promises. And next he says, so this is talking about who? People. You protect and purify your relationships with people. So in the first one, you protected and purified what? Yourself by guarding your shame. In the next one, you're protecting and purifying your relationships around you. And lastly, Allah says, وَالَّذِينَ هُمْ عَلَى صَلَوَاتِهِمْ يُحَافِظُونَ And those who protect and purify their relationship with Allah through salah. So you see how it's all perfectly organized, the surah? Allah gives us three examples of how we're supposed to purify or how we're supposed to protect and purify ourselves. First, ourselves, then, our, then people, and then our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then Allah says about these people, by the way, side note, when we talk about akhlaq and manners, usually we refer to people, right? Correct? What about our akhlaq with Allah? Isn't it bad khuluq to stand in front of Allah in salah and yet Think about something else. Isn't that disrespectful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? So this is something we need to think about. That just like Allah wants us, just like we need to have good manners with people around us, 
the least we can do is have good manners with Allah for that 10 minutes that we stand in front of Him. Good manners by paying attention to what you're saying. Good manners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in terms of focusing, not letting distractions come in your way. Right? So, husnul khuluq with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then Allah says about these people, أُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الْوَارِثُونَ الَّذِينَ يَرِثُونَ الْفِرْدَوْسِ هُمْ فِيهَا خَالِدُونَ These are in fact those who inherit paradise. هُمْ فِيهَا خَالِدُونَ They will stay in it forever. And you know, the beautiful understanding of this conclusion is that this happiness, is it only in akhirah? It's also in dunya. Allah does not want us to suffer in this world and enjoy in akhirah. He doesn't want us to lose and then win in akhirah. Allah wants us to win in this world and win in akhirah. He wants us to experience Jannah in this world and Jannah in akhirah. A win-win situation. And that inner peace and happiness that you get from khushu' that's going to fix your character, right? This is an entire transformation of your behavior. It's making you a better person. It started with what? What did it all start with? That's like the foundation. If you get your foundation right, everything else falls into place. But if there's no khushu' in salah, will you protect yourself? Will you purify yourself? Will you guard your shame? Will you guard your relationship with people? Will you guard your relationship with Allah? No. Why? Because khushu' was not there. That is the foundation. And so, Allah wants success and happiness for us in dunya and akhirah. And these are the fruits of khushu'. So the question now is, how to know if you have khushu' or not in your salah? Ask yourself, are you happy and successful in this dunya? Do you have that inner peace and happiness in your, in your life? Is your life paradise or no? If it's not paradise, then you need to work on your khushu'. Make sense? So, um, we'll stop for, are you guys okay on energy or you wanna continue? Like, I have a reminder to stop for 10 minutes. Maybe it's a good idea to st stop for 10 minutes or five minutes, get some tea. Do we have key, tea or coffee? Okay, so there's tea and coffee arrangements. We'll take a 10 minute break and I'll see you back after 10 minutes. Make sure you get up and stretch and get some oxygen.